Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CMNF Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everybody. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host. Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Megan Rosansky and Aditi Gore, the co-founders of Mind & Match. Megan and Aditi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to start Mind and Match. Absolutely. So Aditi and I met while in grad school and bonded over our just shared frustrations with the challenges in finding the right mental health professional. For me, I've sought off therapy on and off over the last five years and have had to find a new therapist every time I've moved to a new state which has been five times the last six years. And you'd think at this point, I'd have a good process in place, but every time it's been such a struggle. Um, And Aditi shared in that frustration, which is really where the genesis for Mind & Match came from. Yeah, Um, like Megan said, every time I've looked for a therapist, it's been sitting down at my computer, looking for a list of things that I want my therapist, a list of criteria I want them to meet. making a list of nearly 30 plus folks, and then somehow still having every one of them fall through for one reason or another. And it's just frustrating that when you're, you know, in a dark place, in a heavy place, that you have to have that burden to do that for yourself. So um, Megan and I uh, feel exactly the same way about that. So, so kind of jumping into, you know, how you came upon working with each other and collaborating. I mean, that happened during grad school. So what is it, kind of in grad school that kind of brought you to, you know, hey, we have an idea on like where we're being impacted personally. And how, how did that kind of come into the genesis of, of the business and, you know, kind of give us a little background on that? Yeah, it's a great question. And over 60% of college students met the criteria for one or more mental health problems in 2020 to 2021. And that's a nearly 50% increase from 2013. And having been in grad school ourselves and in conversations with peers, we have felt that pain point acutely. And we were motivated to create really a new search experience for a college student or a young adult who's looking for mental health support, but doesn't know where to start. Um, And especially on a college campus, it can be really challenging to navigate on-campus resources, off-campus options for longer-term support. You may or may not as an undergrad, still be on your family's insurance, which could be from a different state. There's a lot of complexity there. And so we're really trying to bring more transparency and ease of use to that process of finding mental health support. Yeah. And it was, um, it started with kind of little experiments that, you know, we would put together just to see if our friends, family would um, enjoy the experience of having a more curated therapist matching experience. And From there, it kind of blossomed into something more as we saw people really fall in love with the idea and, um, and really love it. So, so Megan, you mentioned how geography kind of plays a role in, you know, insurance and being able to find providers. Can you further explain the challenges that that, you know, has contributed to finding mental health treatment across the United States? I actually didn't realize that there were geographic limitations until I moved out of state for the first time um, from Atlanta to DC and had to find a new therapist because the individual I'd been working with in Atlanta was not licensed in DC. And 
I came to realize that mental health professionals are only allowed to practice in person or virtually in the state in which they're licensed. Many states waived those requirements during COVID, but the majority have now expired. Um, but these requirements really limit our ability to meet surging demand for mental health services, especially since nearly half of the population lives in actually a designated mental health professional shortage area. But what we're really excited about at Mind & Match is a huge regulatory tailwind as interstate compacts are being enacted specific to mental health professionals that could allow individuals to practice across state lines. For example, an interstate compact that allows psychologists to practice teletherapy across state lines has already been enacted in over 35 states, and other compacts are in the works for licensed professional counselors and licensed clinical social workers. So we're really excited about, and our vision for the future is one in which you could find your best fit therapist anywhere in the country, but that just exacerbates the upfront hurdles and the activation energy required to find that person. So. For patients, we're really trying to help match an individual to the best fit therapist for them when you're no longer restricted to your immediate zip code as that search radius. And for providers, we're trying to help build out the infrastructure to support them in practicing in an interstate capacity, which is very much an emerging and nascent area, but we're committed to helping overcome a lot of the logistical hurdles required to do so. That's it's interesting when you talk about the geographic limitations for the patient and their access, but then you're also working directly with the providers. So kind of taking a, a quick turn, how, how do the providers see it, you know, kind of walking into your platform and the access it gives them? Because they're so used to, OK, I see somebody in my brick and mortar office and then maybe they go to vacation, you know, two hours away, but maybe same state they can call me, you know, and that's telehealth. So this is like an entirely different aspect and, and revenue driver opportunity for them to really build their vocation. What, what are, what's the impact that you're seeing from, you know, psychologists, for example, um, from your end? Yeah. Um, so psychologists, you know, during COVID obviously had to adapt a lot of their practices to being virtual, providing these services virtually. Um, and actually, post-COVID, a lot of them have retained that virtual primary status for their practice. Um, and so what they tell us consistently is, if you guys could just give us our perfect client, our dream client, you know, um, the type of niche that I want to serve, the type of population I'm really passionate about, then I'd be extremely happy. Um, and so that's, you know, the really the alignment of interests that we're trying to bring together. Obviously, a patient wants to find a therapist that's really passionate and suited to serve them. And, you know, the providers want the same. And so um, we think it, of this as a really great opportunity just to match both people to their ideal fit. And we have an advisory board of psychologists we've been working with for close to a year now who have all received this interstate authorization, all of whom practice virtually in some capacity, either part time in a hybrid world or fully remote. And the impacts on their lifestyle have really been amazing. Um, one individual, you know, is able to stay at home and work with their son and actually see them more frequently because they're not commuting as much. And so a lot of the benefits of remote work that we've seen in other professions are definitely, I think, applicable in the mental health space as well. So I'm excited about the potential to help reduce burnout too, which we know is a major problem in this workforce. Yeah, for sure. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what age groups report the highest rates of anxiety and depression and where you're seeing the greatest unmet needs 
for mental health um, treatment, you know, both during and after the pandemic? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Megan alluded to this a little bit before, but we definitely see the greatest unmet need in that age category between 18 through 29 year olds. Um, we're seeing up to 50% increases in mental health issues in this demographic just from 2013. Um, and, you know, what we're trying to really figure out here is can we help this age demographic um, not only access care that is right for them, but reduce the upfront burden to find that care. When we hear consistently that there's supply shortages everywhere, how do we optimize the supply and get them the right fit? And the really interesting thing to me is that close to 20% of 18 to 29 year olds still report needing counseling or therapy and not receiving it in the last four weeks, according to a recent CDC household pulse survey. And that's more than any other age demographic. And so there's clearly a recognized need and demand for services that aren't being met in this demographic more so than any other. And that's what we're really focused in on is what is it that's not working for this population in this current environment? And our hypothesis is that this is a generation that's really used to being recommended shows on Netflix or videos on a TikTok algorithm. And so how can we bring some of that delight and personalization to the process of finding a mental health provider. So kind of circling up on that, on the, on the access, like you said, within the past four weeks, CDC coming out with this information as an update, do you see limitations from the insurance coverage standpoint that are also kind of meaningfully creating an additional hurdle or continuing to create one? And, you know, is there, is there a solution to that that you are all seeing? Yeah, I think it's been a persistent challenge, you know, in addition to this uneven distribution of mental health professionals across the country, it's hard to find a therapist that's affordable. And there isn't great data available out there, but estimates we've seen suggest that 30 to 50% of mental health professionals do not accept insurance at all. And that proportion is often higher in major metro areas where utilization is higher and there's more demand. Um, some of the reasons behind this trend include low reimbursement rates, from insurers and the administrative burden associated with submitting claims. Um, and we found that commercial insurers have yet to recognize interstate compact authorizations. Um, and so today interstate practice is difficult to actually do outside of a cash pay context. And so that of course creates major affordability barriers and we're hopeful that in the future that may change, but um, that's still a ways away. Well, it's, it's really interesting, you, you know, listening to you talk about that, because from a health insurance standpoint, you know, all the data has been around for a long time that comorbidities go up really, really high once you add in a mental health issue. You know, you you have a mental health issue, then, you know, anxiety, depression you're talking about, you know, you add in addiction therapy services that you require on that, you know, whether it's alcohol or substance abuse, you know, it's it's things like that that you kind of reach back into legislative action of like the Mental Health Parity Act, for example, from years and years ago, which we're still operating with health insurance companies, but we're really not getting like an equal to understanding to like primary care services, you know, and it, it just seems like a perfect opportunity for health insurance companies to really lead on this um, in alignment with these interstate compacts and really get it going. Um, it, it it would meaningfully drop the cost of care, right? That's our belief. And we have heard of cases where some payers are recognizing these authorizations, but really on a one-off basis. And so we have yet to see this um, 
kind of policy at a systematic level. And we're really hopeful that that's in the future and um, that that can really unlock much more supply. Um, yes, there will still be a shortage of mental health professionals in this country to, and we cannot meet demand, but can we at least close that gap as much as possible by using the existing supply the most in the most efficient and effective way? Megan and Aditi, you guys are both doing such wonderful work, you know, bridging that gap, as you said, Megan, in the healthcare system, utilizing your own personal experience is to just really hone in on the mental health issues across the country. And we really appreciate the work you're doing. So tell us a little bit about what is next for Mind and Match. Yeah, I love to talk about this piece. Um, You know, like we said, our mission is to match individuals with their best fit therapist, not just the person who's the best fit in their area. Um, And what we're really building on right now is our matching algorithm. So we're launching a new version of our matching algorithm soon that's going to um, hopefully make our users feel like people are really listening to them and their preferences in finding a therapist are being heard and accommodated. Um, So, you know, that hopefully will contribute to stronger therapeutic alliance, and in time, better outcomes for all patients who choose to use Mind and Match. So that's what we're excited about in the short term. And in the long term, like we've spoken about today, we're focused on building the infrastructure to support an interstate virtual practice. So expect to see us doubling down on increasing access and also addressing the lack of affordability as it relates to interstate teletherapy. It's really, really amazing work. And it's going to be super interesting to see if this type of work actually gets access faster to people and starts to lighten the load on access to care and geographic restrictions, you know, every little piece of the flywheel push really like moving us forward as a country. So thank you so much for the great work you're doing and um, just keep it up. Looking forward to seeing how things continue to roll out. Well, thanks so much for having us on today. It was great speaking with both of you and really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And that's another episode of Let's Cover That. 